Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give Fine Dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, oh boy, standing six foot two, 294 pounds, just weighed yesterday, six down from the tour, from the south shore of Nassau County, Long Island, it's Johnny G, the number one fuck. All you gotta do is trust me, Jackson Maine. Also joining me in the High and Mighty Studios, my nearly silent co-host Arthur Gabris. Arthur is a dog. Also joining me in the High and Mighty Studios, first time guest. I've been reading him for a long fucking time from Mel Magazine. It's Miles Glee. What is up, John? Good to be here. <laughs> oh, hey. Thanks for coming. Uh, if you could talk for one minute while I regain consciousness, that would help. <laughs> <laughs> That's getting, uh, you know, you're 40 when your job is sitting and shouting and that's starting to get hard. <laughs> yeah, it was just like all the blood went to your lungs for a while and then yeah. the rest and of your body. Like not to get too into it, but funny you should mention blood because uh, I'm, you know, I'm 40 because I got to check my blood pressure every day oh. and, and at the month, send it to my doctor, <laughs> see if the new medication is working. Uh oh. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> Glad you're taking care of yourself. <clears throat> Miles, uh, thanks for doing this. We tried, we tried it once before, uh, failed all around, and now we're back and be- and better than ever. I feel mm-hmm, like. Mm-hmm. And got- I, I, I was, uh, I was so stoned when we tried to do it last time that I felt sure that it was just like the technical problems were just had to be something so profoundly simple that I would never be able to figure it out <laughs> you know what i mean well i couldn't even I, I was stoned enough to be unable to articulate what i how i could help you a professional <laughs> recorder who you are doing a favor by going on his podcast and i was unable to help you so you know weed has that i found finally found it one negative side effect of my favorite yeah, drug yeah. Uh, <laughs> the one downside the one downside is <laughs> tech um <laughs> i i First, I started following you on Twitter after reading a bunch of your articles on Mel Magazine. I, lo- I love that site or uh, publication, whatever, however you phrase it. Thank you. Days. Thank you. And uh, then I started following you on Twitter. And we have like uh, grossly amount of stuff in common. You know what I mean? Like I just like got vi- I was like, oh, man, like dirtbag fashion. Um, and then also <laughs> the shit you write about and the shit you tweet about is all stuff that's important to me or at least stuff that i prioritize so when you were watching explain this when you were watching heat you were Mm. tweeting about it for every minute right like it was like heat by the minute or for yeah this was um uh early in the pandemic uh when i think everyone was going a little crazy and i don't know i it kind of emerged as like a an idea to um keep track of the time it's like when you're it's like when you're in uh in a jail cell and you're like scratching <laughs> yeah. out each day. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, so I bought the movie heat on iTunes and I decided I was going to live tweet it, but I was just going to watch one minute a day and tweet that minute and try to do, try to artistically capture what was going on in that minute, uh, with, you know, commentary and whatever 
whatever I could fit in the 280 characters. And, and um, heat, heat is like 130 minutes long or something, right? Like yeah, it's over it's like two almost, hours. It's, it's almost three hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's almost a full year. <laughs> yeah, it took it took me. Uh, it was about six months in all. The craziest <laughs> thing was, well, I mean, there were there were a lot of funny things that came out of it. But almost immediately when it started taking off, uh, people alerted me to this podcast called uh, One Heat Minute, uh, which is by a, an awesome dude named Blake Howard. Um, and he had already done the like he he was doing a podcast episode for every minute. Like I was just doing a tw- I was just doing a tweet for every minute. It was like the shit posting version of what this guy was doing was like an hour and a half long podcast episode for each minute of the movie. And he was going so in depth um, just with like the making of the film and and uh, and everything, every possible background thing you could get in there. And the last episode, he actually interviews Michael Mann himself for like, for like a two hour show. I I can't imagine. I can't imagine man can keep interviews tight based on how much, I how much I love his fucking long ass movies that don't feel bloated at all. Yeah, right. Exactly. He reinserts footage from an original podcast episode. You got to like figure out what's what. So that that was a cool project, I, and I, I had no idea it existed. In, but Blake was very nice about it, and uh, he was like, you know, welcome to the to the Heat Minute uh, universe. You know, it's like it's like everything's a multiverse now, so why not? Yeah, yeah. I had heard of like the Star Wars Minute, a podcast that went like minute by minute through the entire trilogy, like uh, back in the day. But uh, that's that's very specific uh, paths crossing. But Heat seems to be having some sort of moment and it can't just uh, another moment like it's had many Mm -hmm. moments for me i've loved this movie forever um but i feel like it's got a weird resurgence now and i and um and it can't be because heat Two the book is coming out it can't be (laughs) although very exciting exciting. i I can't wait my my summer (laughs) read planned um but uh i think like what what is that is that's bringing heat back into like the zeitgeist right now. And my, my like hip fire answer would be like, it's got no special effects, no superheroes. Mm. It's cool. It's adult. There's some like romantic shit. There's violence. It's the bad guys win and lose. It feels real. Like it feels like it, like almost the antithetical to everything where like that is being mass uh, marketed these days. That's very true, and I think it also benefits, um, you know, a couple decades down the line from like some more. I'm not gonna, for lack of a better word, like like woke readings where we kind of focus more on maybe some of like the uh, almost homoerotic tension between the <laughs> right, right. between the uh, the cops and robbers here, where uh, the electricity of De Niro and Pacino in that diner scene is is just a wild thing to behold and yeah you're like oh these guys are actually in love with each other um and they're each one is the each one can only be understood by the other guy um and yeah we we come back to those you know point break i did the next year and you know same same kind of story there though Catherine bigelow maybe like you know had that more on her mind yeah it might have been a little a little more (laughs) in the subtext the whole time um uh Cause that, cause you can kind of feel it at the time too. Even yeah. like, I mean, I used to project this onto movies too. Uh, was like, it always felt like those, it was even more pointed when the female lead or the love interest, like in Top Gun, her name is Charlie. And in, yeah. and in uh, Point Break, she has short hair. She has like a boy's haircut. Yeah. Like a tomboy so, character. Yeah, exactly. So it always feels like, look, we're letting you know this is a, <laughs> it's a little <laughs> gay here. Okay. We have to have a lady so that uh, we're allowed to air it in America in the 80s or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we have to have a love interest. Now we have to lose the love interest so we can air it in China in the 2020s. So this is fucking rad. <laughs> um, the, the, funniest, the funniest reason, I mean, obviously I heard a lot of uh heat talk when i was doing this but um i remember uh this one woman on twitter told me that she had an ex who said it was his favorite movie and she asked him why and he said it, it they fired the uh the most fake bullets in it out of any movie ever made and i just <laughs> thought that was one of the funniest reasons you could have to yeah. enjoy just like just the stat alone it's just like do you know how many fa- do you know how many blanks they fired on that yeah it's almost if you can like intellectualize the stats that he's is like a is a 
symptom of something very cool that the movie is doing. But like, if a dude's just like, I love how much bullets there are. That's like <laughs> red flag shit. If you ask me, <laughs> I just, yeah, I just, I do uh, yeah, like speaks- how cool, like how good yeah. the bad guys are at their job in that movie. Mm-hmm. And I think top, uh, Point Break also has that in common too, where the bad guys are like kind of good at their job. And it's like, it's, it, that makes it fun and realistic. Cause then it's like, we I, we were so accustomed to sh- uh, shows and movies where cops just like it was just like good versus evil, and it was like we're gonna stop them because the criminals are bad, so they're easy to stop. Like if the, the like, hyper competence is super satisfying, it's almost the opposite of um, it's like if you watch a Coen Brothers movie, you know everything's gonna go wrong because everyone's right. an idiot. <laughs> uh, but in a Michael Mann movie, you're like, oh, these guys know what's and yeah, like across the board, like even a more maligned movie like black hat where he's like oh that's just the best hacker ever and yeah and i like black hat <laughs> i will I, I sat i'll sit here as a black hat apologist huge, huge black hat apologist right <laughs> yeah. Here. yeah that fucking okay. street side shootout is one of the fucking one of his better action sequences i wish you know like it's a small i can't part. believe chris yeah i can't believe chris Hemworth, hemsworth isn't cast as a computer nerd more often I just, know, I it, it just works he's so, so well he's so yoked in the, <laughs> in the new thor it's so funny to imagine him being like i'm also a genius with computers and shit they just put glasses on him it's great (laughs) yeah uh michael michael mann i think is sort of uh so so the topic i i picked was something i've been talking about or thinking about recently is like this sensitive bro cinema i think we're kind of close in age and i feel like i had these movies growing up that were like dude movies that were Mm -hmm. like mainstream but there was like something you could at least even fake an intellectual take or a takeaway from it uh, and and feel like oh I'm into cinema even though I'm being I'm just watching like the the, the example I'll give is like when I first saw Goodwill Hunting in the theater and that is mm-hmm. just like rewatching it like a couple of years ago I was like Jesus Christ I can't believe I based my personality around this movie for so long <laughs> but like like Goodwill Hunting I felt like and and Fight Club later on in my life like I think those were two movies and and arguably The Matrix where you were like these are cool movies that are cool but also they're saying something and and I'm picking up on something or there's true male friendship represented or you know like and and it just felt like it felt like i was like taking something extra away from it so i it gave me the pride of like a cinephile even though i was just like a mouth-breathing long island kid sneaking margaritas into the movies (laughs) i like the boondock saints because they got each other's back (laughs) yes boondock saints is a great example because i feel like you don't even you don't you've never even heard about that movie until you get uh, you get into college i feel like the second they give you the poster on uh, move-in <laughs> yeah. day. They, someone plays crazy game of poker and someone shows you Boondock Saints and that's considered college orientation for white dudes in the Northeast. <laughs> uh, but I, I feel like Heat and Point Break are other movies in that in those genres. I, I, mm-hmm. They all kind of uh, exceed, transcend this label I'm giving them because uh, in different ways. But I feel like they all fit in this arbitrarily forced to- uh, category I've come up with. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and it's all coming from personally. And I feel like it was early on a way to show like a, a soft, like intellectual side that you were like, I feel like deep sports analysis and like uh, really being in the movies, like for uh, in the eighties and nineties was like a way to be like, w- w- we're not going to fight each other. Right. <laughs> like you're like, you're like a normal, <laughs> like your testosterone uh, levels are right. Like, you know, you have like a correct, like interaction. human interactions. Yeah, exactly. We're on the same page here. We're both like, you know, Oh, we're not like those kids at school, but uh, you know, we know who Martin Scorsese is and we're 15, like that kind of shit. Yeah, We both love when uh, Edward Norton caves in Jared Leto's face in fight club. Right. Because <laughs> he right. wanted to destroy something beautiful. We both understand that. Feeling. Yeah. And then, like, your person who doesn't understand that deeper is just like, yo, that movie's sick, bro. There's violence. That uh, meatloaf <laughs> has tits. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that is a cool reading of the film as well, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, did what, what vibes did you get? Because also, you're good at uh, on Twitter interacting with reply people, uh, the, the positive ones, and ar- arguably all of them. But, uh, what, what did you like learn or, or what, what surprised you about, uh, the reactions to heat and point break and your, uh, minute by minute, uh, breakdowns or yeah, even some... surprised you in, in your viewing, like without, uh, other people's opinions, uh, being in there. 
Oh yeah. Um, people, people replying. Yeah. I mean, first of all, it's incredible. Just what a wide fan base it is. It feels like it's something everybody has seen. And then there were people who started watching it as a result and were actually like pretty blown away by it. Like people who I think went in being like, Oh, I've just heard about this. It's like a bro movie. And then, um, I did have people message me being like, I, couldn't believe how good it was <laughs> yeah I, I i like like to put on my old man hat here and say they don't make them like they used to like that <laughs> like that heat is like one of those movies that makes me want to say that <laughs> no they don't they don't um and yeah i guess i guess watching it slowing it down um is is just a totally different experience than like passively like watching it on your couch or like you know falling asleep during it in the third hour <laughs> right 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 um, because you, yeah you start to you start to see the rhythms of it a lot more clearly and you're like oh the yeah you you really do get an appreciation for like the technical mastery that goes into the construction of something like this but then you also start to notice like like weird little just just those tiny little kind of plot holes or inconsistencies that you would totally gloss over like watching in the it. thrill of watching yeah. it on the big screen or whatever like you would never even think about it but you're like oh but how does wait what how did wayne grow know about the later job because he's already <laughs> out of the gang you know that it, it's just that kind of thing and you're like what well, you shouldn't be thinking about that while you're watching heat obviously so it's 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 not the perfect way to watch because you will eventually get hung up on some of those things but then it also really brings some of the smaller characters and pieces to to the light in a way that is so wonderful like i mean henry rollins is one of my favorite things about the film and he's i guess he was he's in it for about i don't know seven minutes but like, for total. you that's a week yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. yeah so you live you lived that you were steeping yourself in <laughs> rollins in in heat which, not yeah. even a sustained seven minutes he's like here and there oh, and right, right, right. He did, it would be awesome if he had like a seven minute monologue where he just went full rollins and like got to do like his spoken word uh, <laughs> but i mean like i a, think he, michael mann would allow it as long as yeah. uh, henry rollins was facing out to a blue nightscape and then yeah I think it works. <laughs> <laughs> he's, but he's just the perfect like square-headed goon henchman in it and yeah. uh <laughs> and i love just the faces he's making are incredible and like yeah to slow it down and really appreciate some of some of the um some of the sets are really good and then yeah sometimes a minute would happen where uh i think the there's the showdown in the like old abandoned um drive-in movie, movie theater. theater oh i yeah. fucking love that sequence <laughs> um which is an incredible sequence but uh i think the funniest thing i realized about it this time is that you do get about a full minute of being like nothing's happening like nothing has happened in the full like and that was like a funny tweet to write because i'm like what the hell am i gonna say it's like it's literally just the empty lot for almost a full minute and it's like <laughs> maybe at the very end you see a car start to come in but he but he really does let you like linger in that emptiness or like the the desolation you're like okay wow it's a really strong it's a really strong choice and you don't even you don't even you necessarily feel like it in the yeah. pacing in the normal pacing of the movie oh man that's but it's there and, he's, and he's, give, he's giving you that pause and he's giving you that um yeah just this sort of like building your anticipation for a minute in a way that yeah you, you wouldn't even pick up on yeah um, and, or, you just and, feel it Along those lines, there wouldn't be a minute like in a major uh, U.S. release. There wouldn't be oh, like, hell no, a no. quiet still minute for a movie like that. <laughs> like that would just would not happen. Or uh, or it's like a it's like a quiet place where it's like we're going to blow your mind by being quiet the entire time. Yeah, yeah. They, well, okay, just... we get cool. Swing it the other way. <laughs> just move to the waterfall, people. Um, the uh, maybe it was in your in reading your tweets or it's something someone else said recently, but someone pointed out it's like how much info Dennis Haysbert you how much backstory he gets yeah. for how for how like little part of the gang he is mm -hmm. and it and it's like an interesting plot line cuz it kind of just it kind of like you just see like this dude's uh like the effects of this life on this one dude and, and but like we get to see it like soup to nuts unlike all the other characters feel lived in we feel like we mm. get to see his origin story through his like deaths through his death we do like it's it's such a it's it's such a thing that another another movie and even another contemporary movie maker at the time wouldn't even like sit in that much but like you know michael mann is like this was a uh a 
TV series idea first. So there's there's probably a fucking show bible. There's probably millions of like you can pull from so much backstory. And, and Dennis Haysbert is so so rich and like to be the only like the the black dude too that it all happens to. It feels like there's like layers of commentary there. Yeah, no, he's and that, I never really uh, picked up on it. Oh, sorry. The, and the 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 final thought of there is like, and I never really picked up on like how you see a story until someone broke it down for me, despite how many times I've seen the movie. Yeah. That thread is so um, unusual and rich and you, you are trained, I think as a movie goer to um, be introduced to Haysbert um, out on parole, down on his luck, working the shitty job. Um, And you kind of think there's going to be, some grand payoff to it but instead it's this brutal bait and switch where he's just like yeah <laughs> just fucking gunned down for this one decision and even his even his addition to the gang is is this like total accident moment like yeah you you just you just see the chain at these this chain of coincidence that that leads him there and yeah it's just de niro like recognizing the guy from from the prison wing yeah um, and the the like they get you on his side so positively when he quits the oh, shitty God. job. You're yeah. like, yeah, dude, fuck that guy. Let's go. And then <laughs> it's you're like, oh, you should have stayed there. You should have stayed there. <laughs> it's just, it's just such a bummer. And, uh, yeah, uh, you know, throughout that job, there are all these, there's a really great shot of Tom Sizemore where he's like, he thinks they've pulled it off. Like oh, right yeah. before Pacino and the guys show up, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's just got such a dopey face on where he's like, we did it. Oh, uh, Man, that final scene is I, that shootout is so fucking rich. There's so much going on. You're never lost to, as to where someone is. Uh, there's like a a fake, either real quote or fake. Uh, you know, one of those fake IMDb trivia quotes that like says like the U.S. Marine Corps shows footage of Val Kilmer using his assault rifle to because <laughs> because of how tactical his reloading is and like or Val maybe said that in an interview and you're like you have no idea where in the mythology or the marketing machine that lies but you're like that's cool that's like the kind of that's like your bullet friend is going to be like that's yeah it, that, he knows I think that they fact. said that I, I I've heard like similar um you know possibly apocryphal stuff about tom cruise's like gun handling and collateral because he, oh, yeah. he has he has a few he has a few shots where he's like yeah where he's like in close quarters and he does like a really good pistol draw and like double taps two guys in a row like really fast and, you're, like, <laughs> and yeah like a real gun nut i guess would look look at that and be like yep that's it that's how it's done tom that's- cruise knows like like when you're watching a movie with a friend who like gets the sport or the subgenre that the movies li- yeah. or the the subculture of the mo- the world's living in and you get like a little extra like oh that's interesting like oh that is oh so uh the full house is bad for worm or whatever you know and then like <laughs> and, and, and then and like you you're sitting next to a dude and he's like that's actually really hard because the muzzle flash on a three and you're like ah okay man i'm getting out of the movie theater if you're in here dude <laughs> yeah i've heard the poker in casino royale is not especially good <laughs> So. No, no, it is not. <laughs> and I'm not a poker expert by any means, but it is comical how it plays. Um, it's, that's it's, funny it's you bring up collateral. The... I, oh, sorry, oh, yeah. You know. Go ahead. Oh, uh, I was, was going to say, it's funny. In, uh, in the card counter, there's like a really, really long intro about how to count cards. And then he doesn't play, then he doesn't play blackjack for the rest of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's what a misdirect. <laughs> I haven't really watched funny. that yet, but it's on my fucking queue. I want to. It's uh, It's fucking weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bet, I bet. Um, collateral. M- Michael Mann makes, and maybe this is like another element of the sensitive bro cinema. And I don't know what it is, but uh, I-, I was listening to a um, another movie podcast. Ah, oh, fuck, cows in the field, and uh, one of the hosts phrased it as like, "Dudes being good at their job as mm. a genre is like." One, you know, I would update that to now say people being very good at their job. But when I was younger, seeing men who were good at like, like I remember growing up loving Ronin, Heat, Point, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all these people who are like were smarter than like I, I loved those kind of like special ops movies. Or then like when you get a little older, like when people are like super cunning, like in Spy Game or whatever. Like yeah. those movies hit me so hard because it's like just watching capable people. What was the one word you step used ahead? Oh, like the hyper 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 competent. Yeah. yeah, that shit is like that shit is in a genre is just so fucking thrilling. 
Like, I think that's why. I think that's part part of why superheroes are kind of boring too, because they are omnipotent, but they don't feel like talented. Yes, yes, because <laughs> it feels sense. like it feels like they were gifted something. You know, it's like uh, Harry Potter's <laughs> wand or some shit. It's like I don't give a yeah, fuck they, about him anymore. It's like, oh, Captain America could punch someone really hard, but he doesn't have to like. <laughs> There's really not a lot of strategy that goes, and whenever there is something like that, it's like, all right, throw it over to Iron Man. He's got to invent time travel, or we're fucked. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> because you know, just hitting a dude with my shield isn't gonna isn't gonna win. Right. This yeah. Time. And there's no there's no moment where there's like six of the Avengers sitting in a room and going, wait, you said that. He uses the bathroom every day at five and then starts unpacking some cool mission. Like there's no, uh, I think mission impossible has the hyper competency yeah. shit down and also has the addition of like, there's a gadget for that, which kind of scratches that little bondage. And I think mm-hmm. bond is like, OG like sensitive bro cinema where you're like, <laughs> he like love, but then you watch it and you're like, this is misogynistic. As fuck. <laughs> Which which is which is so funny how they tried to make this last run of Bond movies like oh he's like still in love with this dead woman I'm like was he though <laughs> yeah no, it feels feels a little forced yeah <laughs> shopping for new clothes can be time consuming and stressful so let Stitch Fix do all the work so that you can spend more time doing the things you love trust me I hate shopping. Stitch Fix is very good at it, and it's easy and fun to get started. Take a few minutes, you set up your style profile, answer some questions about what you like, what you don't like, how open you are to trying new styles. Then their expert stylists will go to work finding items exclusively for you, hand-picked, unique to your size, style, and budget, making it the best way to discover clothes. It sends you five pieces to try on at home, uh, keep what you love, and send back what you don't. Shipping, returns, and exchanges are easy and free. Plus, there's no subscription required. Try once or set up automatic deliveries. There are no hidden fees. Sign up for Stitch Fix and get the season's latest pieces for women, men, and kids. I love Stitch Fix. My brother loves Stitch Fix for work clothes. So sign up at stitchfix.com slash mighty to get $20 off your first purchase. That's stitchfix.com slash mighty to get $20 off your first purchase. S-T-I-T-C-H-F-I-X dot com slash M-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-
you can be sold on a Pacino cop movie when you're a kid, right? Like, oh, when you're a a a, a movie loving teen or whatever, you're like, that sounds sick. And then it's not exactly what you want it to be, but you take away like something else from it. You're mm-hmm. like, that's actually a kind of a cool cop, <laughs> you know? You're like, whoa. <laughs> and I'm I'm a straight white dude, but I did not have the idea of cool cops when I was growing up. The cops were all dicks. No. Like, it's like, <laughs> like, why do you care that we're drinking forties at the high school? We'll put it all in recycling. <laughs> like relax. <laughs> yeah. I knew it. I, the a cop I knew in my life as a kid, uh, dated, um, a girl across the way and was a drug dealer. Yeah. He just, he just, I think he just sold the drugs. He took off of suspects. <laughs> a, a, a cop I, I, I know of, his last name was, or his nickname was Kruger because he was like bald and white and ha- like hairless. And he was like an absolute dick. He would like charge into yeah. the fucking high schools where we were drinking and like we would all scatter always. And there's like a creek that the cops are like, I'm not going down the creek usually. <laughs> but he would like fucking swing baton like chasing swinging his baton wow. and shit like that hoping to catch a kid a lot of my friends got like tackled from behind but it still escaped over a fence or something like that but these cops are like it's so obvious we're kids like relax yeah <laughs> just, just drive in and scare us away if that's like really what you feel like the need to do you don't have to get out and start fucking you don't have to crack a rib or anything <laughs> yeah. i got football practice tomorrow dude <laughs> <laughs> You remember football? I'm assuming you played it in high school <laughs> since you're a police officer now. <laughs> Is there like who's making like the sense that like I feel like Tom Cruise is getting a lot of good buzz lately his movies aren't necessarily sensitive because he's kind of emotionless or a lot of his mm-hmm. movies are weirdly sexless and stuff uh, but there's something about the way Tom Cruise approaches movie making like hyper competency but from behind the scenes level and then yeah. everybody he plays is hyper competent I, I, he's fresh in the mind obviously i saw maverick this weekend like every other yeah Red i saw it too America. yeah yeah and i, I fucking they, loved it <laughs> i i was i i was laughing that they even got they even got him doing the mission impossible run in yes. top gun the running at full tilt tom cruise thing right. which has to, which must be in his contract at this point that he gets to run fast the third act, the third, yeah, it feels like he like wants to write off like a running coach on his taxes or something. So he's got to wedge it into all his jobs. That third act of Maverick is straight up a Mission Impossible like storyline. Yeah, like it's yeah. really like and it, uh, soup to nuts. Like Maverick is now like this, this, this. He like knows how to put the planes together and shit. Like it's yeah, it's a really it's a really fun like I I, I think it's a very one of the few ways you can heighten off the first one is like we get him out of the plane and like in enemy territory yeah. and shit like that's seeing Tom Cruise standing on the ground with an actual hovering helicopter blow up in front of him is fucking <laughs> rad, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and you can read it that way. And then you can read it about, you know, that uh, all the fatherhood shit, which, of course, as a kid with a dead dad, as a, um, an adult man with a dead dad, that shit hits like. Yeah. Oh. And they're so nice about letting you just have that while removing all kind of like geopolitical context. Like you don't know who they're fighting. You don't know oh, why. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. They're, they never say, they say rogue nation, which is like, uh, I watch a lot of modern action movies from good to awful, like, uh, and from uh, uh, domestic and international, just cause that's like my background fodder is foreign action movies. And then so frequently in American action movies, they go so above and beyond to not exclude a market that the movies begin start to get like in Fast and the Furious Eight, like the worst one, when they're going into the ice base, like the guy uh, Kurt Russell's uh, Mister Nobody's like briefing them, and he's like, "Long ago, all citizens were evacuated off this island. If anyone who's in this island is a terrorist or something, it's like <laughs> it's like that's like be- it's video, just a game video game. Rules. It's yes! a video game." <laughs> And and it's like it get like it gets Shoot a little kill. dumb, yeah. It gets a little dumb when it's a video where it's like, don't worry, everybody, anyone who's there, there's no collateral damage possible. Crash your car, blow shit up, like because <laughs> the Marvel movies have like buildings yeah. exploding and shit. And you're like, there's no way. That's that's a that's a different form of not having stakes, though. It's like in every Marvel, in every Avengers movie, it's like, wow, I think a couple million people must have died, but you'd never know it really, <laughs> just because we kind of gloss over it, like. I'm, yeah, I do. I do miss those stakes. And one of my favorite things in an action movie is um, in Speed when she hits the stroller 
like when oh. the boss just hits the stroller and it's just cans in the stroller and Keanu goes, it's just cans. Cause she, cause she, cause she thinks Cassandra Bullock thinks she's just killed a baby, but it's like, and it, it is, it is so funny cause it is, it is sort of a cop out in that sense, but it works because it's like, well, at least they made you think she was going to kill a baby. Like, right. Like gotta, it made you feel it for a second. At least you gotta <laughs> have that. You gotta have that. And like a Marvel movie won't even give you, like the fake they won't even give you the stroller full of cans like come right. on uh speed speeds speeds a good one in, in the category too where it's like an elevated action action thriller where you feel yeah. like when you watch it you're like in like it's about the mistreatment of retirement accounts or whatever you know? you're like, <laughs> it's about the people of la getting together and uh, and they're all so different but yet they're you know they realize they have a lot of the similar situations and shit there's it's like a, a lot pro of public transit movie yeah. and hey yeah and that's a, it's ahead of its time 2022 <laughs> <laughs> we're fucking with, and with Keanu, yeah with keanu <laughs> being the most competent dude ever right exactly and having like the coolest haircut that wasn't a haircut at, like it was just like he had his oh, yeah. head buzzed but it looked so awesome on him strong buzz yeah yeah it, solid buzz <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, i know he I know, I know he rocks the long hair now but it would be cool to see the buzz again yeah i think maybe, older, jo- maybe john maybe john wick will shave his head in the next one that would that'd be, be pretty rad uh, i think older actors He's he's got a, does he have a shaved head in the beginning of or at least in one scene in the Matrix? It's probably a bald cap in the new Matrix. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, uh, I don't know. Like the older actors, uh, ma- older male actors always go like long hair for some reason. Like I feel mm. like I feel like it's overcompensating for something. I don't as, as a current <laughs> as a current long hair um, as a current forty year old uh, receding hairline long hair. I. Uh, <laughs> I get it. I don't get, I don't fully understand why, but like Pacino, Michael Douglas, all these guys like eventually are like, it's, it's, you gotta have locks. Like Richard, like every actor as they get older is like, throw locks up there, throw locks. Yeah. I mean, and you mentioned Kurt Russell. He'd, he'd had the locks the whole time. So, right. Yeah. That's not a cop at. Like he's keeping his old style. That's a signature feather. God. He's my, (laughs) he's my fucking, you, you know what I fucking love about, Kurt Russell, if if I'm trying to wedge him into sensitive bro cinema, yeah, he he was always a hero who was self deprecating, like or at least yeah. like uh, at least let his character look dumb or like let his character make mistakes. And like all the other movies we were watching, the, all the other heroes I was watching were like Sylvester Sloan, Van Damme, Seagal, Schwarzenegger, who are just like hyper competent to a way that <laughs> loses sense like they're yeah. not as hyper competent as uh, as they are tailor-made to win in every situation that's set up for well them. it's like how it's like how vin diesel is not allowed to lose a fight in a fast and furious or right like, right right you don't get any vulnerability um versus something like i mean one of my favorite kurt is uh escape from new york oh, <laughs> where I he's just like love throwing- that movie He's just thrown in with his son, and he is getting his ass kicked all the time. And then <laughs> I mean, he winds up in the in the fucking like uh, underground fighting wrestling pit, ring yeah. <laughs> from the Duke. Uh, I my favorite Kurt Russell in the same uh, vein is Jack Burton uh, in Big Trouble in Little China. I feel like he's uh, amazing. Uh, he's constantly like he just never knows what's going on. He's arguably not the lead of the movie. Like he's yeah. not the hero. <laughs> Uh, and he's just, he's always wrong. He's like, all right, let's go. He opens the door. There's like 20 guys there. He's like, oh, <laughs> like just the idea. Even at the end, he's cockily talking into the mic and uh, into the CB and spoiler, the crazy beast is underneath the pork chop express. Just like all that stuff. Like, uh, like the same reason why I always thought Will Ferrell was so funny. There's something about someone who's like, I'm playing like uh, an alpha male and I'm wrong and dumb. And like, I stick yeah. to it. There's something about that. That is so comical. And that none of those other guys, like Steven Seagal, can't take the piss out of himself. Like uh, uh, Arnold, kind of sometimes, can, but sometimes. like he's still his ego. Like these guys' egos are too insane. <laughs> we talk, we joke about it on Action Boys. How <laughs> Sylvester Stallone pitched that he doesn't get cancer in Creed Two, <laughs> like that another oh, yeah, character I love does. That. I love that. <laughs> And it's like we're like that. It's like he could have maybe won an Academy Award if he chose to like lean into the idea of him. If he if he let himself die in that movie, he might have won an Academy Award. If Rocky dies in Creed two, he could have won Best Supporting. Yeah, right? but he, he did. Not- that's I mean, there's something a little, there's something beautiful about that. It's like 
is yeah sly isn't in it for the acclaim like he wants rocky like, yeah, like he doesn't believe anyone else can be Rocky or Rambo, which is also like an interesting thing, too, where it's like it makes no sense for someone else to do it. You know, like he like he does, his ideas to reboot are like, but of course I'm starring in it. You're like, okay, <laughs> you could like probably make a lot of money by not doing that. But OK, sure, man. <laughs> oh, Stick in there. <laughs> Expendables four. OK, got it. It's got like a Copland sequel. Come on. <laughs> oh fuck, dude! Copland. There's a movie you watch because it's got because it's about cops, and because of the cast. Uh, when it, you come out and you're like, "Oh, this could be sick," and that's not at all what you think it is. <laughs> and one of those, and it's like you know, a smart like I think James Mangold's a good uh, guy for that world of movies too. He's making like what ostensibly are action movies or thrillers, but it's got a little something more to say, or at least like a. A, a strong perspective or pov and Cop yeah Man. and like ray liotta melting down like, yeah and like that's that's like have. the that's the universal thing everyone's gonna love is ray ray liotta melting down and sylvester stallone playing like fat and dumb like that's <laughs> like that's or fat deaf and like not bright like that's yeah. such a fun like on paper that's a reason to go and then when you watch it you're like shit man this is like crazy it's like they're they're <laughs> lawless up there man i i i keep feel like all my examples are like weirdly anti cop for some reason but i'm like <laughs> <laughs> there's other shit in in other movies where you sit down to be like oh this is a violent cowboy movie and then you're like wow it actually kind of says something more than that it says like sticking to your Guns is not the right phrase there, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm distracted because it's sun's out, guns out season, so I can't stop yes, thinking yes. about guns. Um, what like are are do you consider yourself? Do you watch a lot of movies? Were these like uh were these like one off random things you did of like oh let me deep dive on Point Break like or is that or have you like found yourself th overthinking or thinking a lot about the these uh, various movies and shit? Yeah, I guess I got into, I guess I'm into the, like, handful of directors I'm obsessed with, like, you know, Man is one, Coen Brothers is another, and they're my, they're my go-to things. I think one of my, like, my, <laughs> one of my kind of getting older things is, like, not watching full movies, I'll just watch, like, a half hour of a movie I've seen a million times, and then go to bed, <laughs> I'm oh, like, I know what, ha I know what happens. Do you watch uh, a half hour each night, or do you watch, like, a specific half hour or first half hour? I mean, I was I was joking about this, but the, the past couple nights, well, after Ray Liotta passed away, R.I.P., uh, I I put on ha, have some have some chantix in his honor, folks. Yes, uh, <laughs> I put on Goodfellas in his honor. Obviously, it's, I've seen it a million times, but it's just one of those things where it's just put such a smile on my face. And you know, I watched twenty minutes and turned it off because I was like late. And then the last night, I was like, I'm going to watch the next twenty minutes. <laughs> So, Dude. so I'm so I'm like halfway through Goodfellas as of as of yesterday, I guess. Goodfellas and... is a great, great uh, drop in this uh, uh, forced category that yeah. I'm, I'm pushing for. It's such a good one because you can watch it next to like uh, the worst person, like the the last person you would be friends with, and both love the movie for two completely different reasons. There's like, yes, it's it's like there's so much going on in that movie, and it's so rich, but it can be just read so simply as like a popcorn gangster movie, or you can like get more at like even one individual viewer, you're like, I'm just gonna throw it on and laugh at the funny parts and cringe at the violence, you know, and he pistol whips the fucking neighbor or whatever. Like you're like, oh yeah. And you're like, I can watch it like that. And then sometimes you can watch it as like, man, the hubris, like that's what eventually <laughs> brings you down, you know? <laughs> like the betrayals. The be yeah. <laughs> like yeah. This that time, this, yeah, this time I was just loving how kind of minor De Niro is in it. Like he's he really hangs in the background in in such an impressive way, I feel for like Someone who's, you know, theoretically a lead in the film. He's, right. And he, who is like a guy who people are like, you know, he's like a household face and name. I mean, he's up there with Pesci and Ray Liotta, who at the time are also. But it's funny, like he's he's Bobby D. It's Robert De Niro. And yeah, he's kind of like prime. fits in the blends into the movie. Doesn't on the on the fringes of it a bit. Um, I was noticing that. Yeah. But someone someone was pointing out when I when I was joking about watching it in installments. So it was like it really could have been like two seasons of television. So it makes complete sense. To right. And like with way. with with how modern uh, art, like modern uh, like TV and movies come out, you're like, I could see Goodfellas being they could remake 
They could remake that as a TV series, and I would be so mad, and I would watch every single episode. <laughs> you would be like, this is so fucking terrible. I can't believe they've made it 30 hours long, but that's, yeah. a, lot of, that's a lot of content for me to enjoy. Yeah. Well, hopefully there's a lot of scenes of slicing garlic and uh, fucking uh, Karen. Uh, one time, uh, me and a buddy got super stoned uh, in Brooklyn. We we always used to joke about how many Karens, the word Karen, how many times it appears in the Goodfellas script, and how many times Ray Liotta is just adding it to sentences because it sounds oh, yeah. so great coming from him. <laughs> what do you mean you flushed it, Karen? Uh, and now that name has a little bit of uh, you know a take. But I love. I love that we got super baked and like, let's count the Karens. And then like, we're like, there's like a large swath of the movie that she's not in. Like, and you're yeah. like, we like, we, she, we totally forgot. Like we got to the end and like when he's bugging out about the, <laughs> he's screaming Karen. We're like, Oh, did we count any earlier? <laughs> it's like, nah, dude, we fucking <laughs> just watched two and a half hours of a movie. We've watched countless times. My friend, did, to- my friend did make the super cut of every Karen in the film. And I think when you watch them all, it's like a full 90 seconds of Karen. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking awesome. I yeah. got to find that. And along the same lines, a good YouTube supercut is Jack Burton from uh, it's like Jack Burton in Big Trouble in Little China has no idea what's going on. And it's just constantly him going, what? What is that? Wait, where are we? Who are these people? And it's like you realize when you see it just sucked out like that, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, he had no clue what the fuck was going on the whole movie. And he's our audience. He's like the audience proxy in such a fun way. No idea. <laughs> God, I fucking love that movie. Um, you mentioned Coen Brothers. You mentioned Michael Mann. Like Michael Mann, John Carpenter. Those are like two of my Carpenter, like, love, yeah. Those yeah. Are, those are like some of my favorite directors. And like, so it it, it makes sense that uh, those guys kind of make the, those kinds of movies. So they have like that kind of energy, or at least there's something about like stylized. T- stylized takes on like just classic shoot 'em ups or thrillers like that always work for me uh yeah yeah uh i'll throw out another genre and tell me if uh if movies in this fit into uh the aforementioned categories of like uh hyper competency and like i another another genre of movie that makes me feel really good inside is like courtroom or journalism thrillers where like uh I mean, you are an actual uh, a writer, so I, don't, I wonder if it hits you differently. But like, where it's like breaking the case open, and it's people who are really good at that job. Like that shit just like always works. And and maybe it's because when I was watching mainstream movies in the early '90s, they were so frequently John Grisham books or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but like to be like a twelve-year-old kid or thirteen-year-old kid and love The Rainmaker and Pelican Brief and shit. It's like what? What was going on in my brain? But there's something about like. Beautiful people, Denzel, Julia, whoever, Tom Cruise and the firm, like all, and but being really good and like, and other people being like bad guys being really good and then the good guys being like even better. Like that shit just always worked on me. Do you find, do you find any, do you think we could? I was, yeah, yeah no, I, w- I actually wasn't big on the legal stuff and the, and the journal, the journalism stuff. I think I was like one of the only people who didn't like Spotlight. <laughs> Well, you're still I on just, the Catholic Church side. You're waiting for all the yeah, facts to yeah, shake out. Yeah, exactly. Like I did my own research, and um, well, let's just say fake news. Uh, no, for yeah, some spot, reason, spotlight. Uh, spotlight only worked on me because of the genre. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it only. I only liked it. Be, it, it was yeah. f- fucked up the way I watched it because it wasn't about the text it was like about like yes they solved the case and there's no like to me it's like is it murder is it is it a fucking dan brown novel like it doesn't matter to me. i'm just like yes they solved it it's like that's not the right attitude to have when yeah, we're just for me, talking pedophilia it, yeah. for me if i could yeah and then there's stuff like all the president's men which is like you know has it has deep throat and some and some stuff like that but it's like it ultimately doesn't really grab me that much either um, oh, I, I I especially love like journalism, like sh- uh, exposing corruption of powerful people, like yeah. movies. Like that's why I think I like Rain. Uh, Aaron Brockovich was one of my favorites growing up too. My like my my like counter choice to this uh, yes. would be Fletch. I think Fletch is a perfect movie, and it is about a journalist who's 
going about exposing um, a plot, but it's just like completely off the wall. And, and the, the books are really good. Uh, yeah, Gregory I, McDonald's books are I've just read all, so all funny. Those, yeah. They're so, so good. funny. Uh, Fletch and, and Flynn, this, uh, the, 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 the Boston detective one. Oh, I never really read wonderful. Flynn. I got to read that. Uh, yeah. He, yeah. Really good character. Um, that's so fun. That's a great one to choose too. Cause Fletch is hyper competent at his job and also in the movie, at least, uh, I, 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 in the book too, but in the movie, like he's also, uh, very good at social life. Like he's very good with people. He's like, uh, so charming. <laughs> Like he's so funny, like, and it's like he's hyper competent at human interaction in the movie, and it's like, yeah, and he's like light, charming himbo guy too, like you know what I mean. He's kind of like, and it's but played by like, Chevy Chase for yeah. some, and everyone's like, what a hunk, <laughs> like it's like really. <laughs> also, but also he also has the like thrice divorced, like can't, uh, like his his boss hates him, right, his, right, right. He, the, it, it, uh, <laughs> can't stop mouthing off to the cops, um, and like getting thrown in jail and stuff yeah. like that. And you, and 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 you and you because he's like he's righteous in his own specific way, which is a fun character trait. That's a great call. Like I, I guess I wasn't even thinking in the realm of something like comedy, but that that's from like a genre of movie where they they won't make those anymore. Like those movies that are like, <laughs> is this funny or is this serious? Like you know, like or it's like, why is this movie about like a horse race that's corrupt? A comedy? <laughs> like it makes no sense. Like, who is yeah. Harry Crumb? You know, <laughs> the yeah, I guess the the uh, Gregory McDonald innovation that's so good is like he's he's like, all right, you take the basics of a noir because he's operating from like an LA noir standpoint. Yeah, yeah. but instead of a private eye, it's a journalist. And instead of being like, um, kind of like an ice cold operator, he's very funny. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's a great take. Uh, LA noir is such a specific genre, uh, and such a rich genre that there, I fell into like a subgenre of books for a while that were like surf noirs, like beach noirs. Cause like, oh, hell yeah. Well, now uh, we're getting back to point break. Yeah. Exactly. And it's because of point break that I ended up reading tapping the source and, uh, <laughs> I, I forget that he's got a great name the author it's like kem nunwell or something like that nice. um and it's and that book is so fucking rad and it's like it's uh like a cool surfer private investigator character and he's got like surf <laughs> buddies that are good at different things and it's like it's exa it's everything i want because it's like people who are hyper competent at their job and then lay it over like a subculture that i love which is like the beach bum <laughs> subculture that i yeah. actively participate in as frequently as as possible it's like that's my dream and when i found that i was like fuck and then i think fletch lives in that world because it is like very beach community -y, like his and his so does um the uh i'm forgetting the privatized name in um in inherent vice oh it's yeah like another one that's another those. movie I, that's another movie I, and and again we want to talk inherent vice i i should read the book i bought it after i saw the movie I, book the book is really fun yeah, yeah. I, um I had read it in, well, I, I, I had read all the Pynchon stuff and I thought they would never make a movie of, of him at all. Yeah. And um, the movie is like, wow, they they really did. They, he really, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson does cat does capture it. And the Joaquin performance is, is really great because it, it gets at some of what we're talking about where he is like, he is kind of effectively unraveling the scheme, but it's also just, Bumbling, you know, stumbling, bumbling. along. yeah, yeah. <laughs> stoned out of his mind the whole time. Well, uh, dude, uh, the book is so the book is so great just for it. Just notes it. Just notes every every time he rolls himself a joint. It it says like what strain of weed it is and like what size the joint is. And oh, I got. I'm like, now definitely reading it because Miles, you saying inherent vice is like when I saw inherent vice in the theater, uh, which I just went to see. I knew it was a book. I didn't know what it was about, but I knew like cool, smart people I liked liked it but i like uh when i went to uh went uh excuse me <laughs> that, 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 that. <laughs> I, I i went to go see it in the theater and i'm like holy shit it's like uh you know a corruption thriller where oh shit and it takes place in uh southern california oh my god and it's like the the time period is like it's 1970 yeah it's <laughs> it's hippie beach culture i'm like this is everything for me and it's like it's like a little uh hippie liberal bullshit like anti-cop stuff and then on top of all that it's a stoner movie and as i'm watching it i'm like oh this is like, <laughs> like you accidentally 
like when you're 13 and see Goodwill Hunting, you're like, that's like me and my buddies. We'd kill for each other. But then when you eventually get to your reality, you're like, I'd love to accidentally help the world while being high as fuck in Southern California. <laughs> it's like that is like my aspirations at this point is to accidentally live in Herod Vice. I'm so glad you said it. I would not have thought of it. Ah, uh, now so I, now I'm hyped up to read a book for the first time in 10 years. Yeah, it's always like he sat down and rolled a pinner of Acapulco gold. And <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, there's so much. I mean, Pynchon is like the great stoner author of all time. If you, even if you go read like. Um, yeah, what would you recommend? Mason, I know even if you go. Re- uh, uh, I mean, for, for all first timers should read um, Crying of Lot 49 just because it's short and more more kind of accessible in that way. But uh, Mason and Dixon, which is the huge book about um, the guys who drew the Mason Dixon line. Um, <laughs> even has a scene where they they go and visit George Washington, and uh, Washington is just like stoned out of his mind on hemp, and <laughs> and like it's it's stuff like Martha Washington is like bringing them munchies and stuff. You know, it's <laughs> like God so God bless awesome. Thomas Pynchon. Like he he manages he manages to get the stoners into every single book. So hell yeah, I Always will certainly check that out. That's awesome. <laughs> So I'd like them to make that movie. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I would. I would watch the fucking shit out of this, Miles. Before before you get out of here, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, where you work, where you're a senior staff writer over at. Oh, thank uh, you. Yeah, uh, over at Mel Magazine. I was trying to articulate to a friend about the publication, the website. Uh, how would you explain what it? And I think. The reason I like Mail Magazine, and I, this is reductive, I understand, but it's like sensitive bro news in a way. Like, <laughs> like for me, like yeah. if I, overarching and like expanding that idea too much, but I think that's what I, my takeaway is from. I'm like, it's it's about you know sexually charged things, often from like uh, for like for men, and it, but it's also like not like men's magazines of the past. And it's like, right, I feel like right. I feel uniquely like the, the publication is for me in some weird way. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like it's one of those things where you're like, damn, like all these things they're covering matter to me. Like click, <laughs> click. Oh, an expose on pegging. I'm in. What is that? You know, like I'd like to learn more. Uh, I feel yeah. Like- we just, we just like to think of it as a next generation men's magazine. And sometimes that that's covering uh, where men are going. Right. Um, sometimes that I have to do some coverage of the manosphere, which is like where men are really going off the rails in in a bad way. Um, and just trying to make sense of all that stuff. And then, you know, the, the, the site goes beyond gender or even just serving one demographic like that. Um, you know, ultimately like a pop culture publication, like, like many other things, but with this kind of angle and focus, um, and sensitivity like you said i mean i think that's that's the name of the game i mean the the main thing we don't want to be is um here's the suit you have to wear here's the watch you need right, um right, check out right. check, isn't this a uh, sports car awesome and um by the way there's like a bikini model here for you to look at and <laughs> right 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 <laughs> you know it's not it's not to say that the the we can't have talk about cars or people being sexy or whatever but it is um I guess overall kind of like less less consumerism and materialist uh focus. Yeah. And more about um yeah, how to be happy, healthy um and have a good time. Yeah, like like if if I can just for my listeners to help plug to continue to plug the site, I'm just going to pull up the cover uh the, the like mailmagazine.com right now and the number, the big article at the top is "I am the man responsible for Batman's rock hard nipples in Batman and Robin" uh, in the movie. <laughs> and like then you scroll down, and it's got like you know a uh, like a, a an explainer and a and a editor like explain like talking about the depth verdict, but then also like my Korean immigrant parents and their great American road trip. Like there's so much, and my quest for a natural psychedelic high. Or these are the headlines on the front page, and it's like they just hit like the right tone or the right pulse of modern culture in a way that like i'm always 
I follow like half of the uh, like every time I read an article on Mel, I'm like, all right, well, I might as well follow this person now because <laughs> I want to see what they're tweeting about, and that's how you end up uh, reading Heat minute by minute while you're stuck in your house. On pa- your yeah. your your pandemic. By the way, the amount of friends I have that start sentences with like. Well, this was like in the beginning of the pandemic, so I was making a lot of kombucha or like this is the beginning <laughs> of the pandemic. So I I was doing a lot of cocaine. You know, everyone has like something like yep. it was the be- remember the beginning of the pandemic, we all had sort of like a month long mulligan. Let me take <laughs> you back to that headspace. <laughs> yeah, you 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 get a you get a free pass on any like I think in the future, yeah, like maybe if you if someone even remembers like something stupid you did. You could just pretend you were like, oh, well, that was the beginning of the I'm pandemic. I'm pretty sure so. that was like during the pandemic when we were all saying like whatever happened. Like that was like a um, international waters I, period in all our yeah, lives. Yeah, it, it can't be held responsible for Yeah, the statute days. of limitations on pandemic behavior is shrunken <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, well, uh, Miles, anything else uh, you'd, you'd like to plug on your way out here? I know you're also an author, correct? Yeah, you can uh, look up my books um, on a my publisher, which is OR Books, um, the letters OR and then books. Uh, one is a novel called Ivyland um, that is sort of a near future um, sort of speculative fiction uh, set in New Jersey, where I'm from. But it um, takes place in a town that's been taken over by a pharmaceutical company. Uh, which is pretty plausible in my opinion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Interesting. And the, <laughs> the other one is uh, True False, which is a collection of stories. Um, uh, quite a few stories. Uh, some of them are just a page long, so it makes a really good toilet book uh, if you need some bathroom reading. Hell yeah. Uh, that's where that's where my dad keeps it. Um, and uh, we'll, have the, we'll have the link uh, to your... Do you have like an author page on the OR site? Or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I can, I can share uh, that with you. No, we'll put that and, in the show notes of this podcast. So if you're interested, just uh, you know, pull out your phone right now, click and buy. And um, then aside from reading me on Mel, you can. Re- uh, I have a newsletter for the site called Miles High Club. And the uh, link to sign up for that is in my Twitter bio. And I'm oh. at Miles, Miles Klee on Twitter. Oh, sick. Well, guess who's just joined your newsletter? <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a fun, uh, like, Friday uh, roundup of just, like, goofy shit on the internet. Um, it's supposed to be kind of an antidote to the news um, and just and to be, like, a great way to kick off the weekend. Um, uh, we're recording vibes. this on a Friday for a little behind-the-scenes peek, so yeah. guess who's uh, excited to join? Uh, dude, Miles, I, re- I really appreciate you coming on, and... Uh, your love of tank tops. Now I realize. I, I guess I didn't know you were from New Jersey. I, I being from Long <laughs> Island is where my love of tank tops come from. Um, yeah. And my wife, who I've been married to for ten years, been with for eighteen years, has always said I hate men in tank tops, and I have <laughs> never stopped wearing them. <laughs> I just can't. Like Good she like looks me you. in the eye and says, "I hate tank tops," and I go, "Well, guess what I'm wearing when we go to the Grove." It's like. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. And now I got I got a fresh tat, so I like that. Oh, that looks gotta, awesome. Oh, I love that. Oh, thanks, bud. Oh, it looks great. Yeah, and I have uh, the other one. So, like, a tank top helps nice. me flex those as well of, like, yeah, I'm from yeah, Long Island. Same. Yeah, same. Like, yeah. how am I going to show it? How am I going to show it off? <laughs> exactly. We had the jobs. You used to have to, like, oh, my tattoos have to be underneath my sleeves for work. Now we have the jobs where it's, like, I could write in a tank top and shorts, which is what I wear every day uh, when I'm not really working. So now I could do it full time. It rules. That's something the pandemic taught me was like, all right, no more fucking button pants. <laughs> like, nothing, <laughs> nothing with buttons. Nothing with uh, firm waist stuff. I'll praise, I'll praise the mighty drawstring. Hell yeah, dog. Um, well, Miles, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I, my, a few, I have a couple of listeners. I have a couple other podcasts you probably know at this point. Action Boys, uh, that, which is a Patreon, actionboys.biz. Um, the Spotify weekly live show called The Movie Buff, Monday nights where I talk about movies. Uh, live with you, freaks. And then also Thursday, July 14th, uh, the premiere of mine and Adam Pally's travel show called 101 Places to Party Before You Die will be on True TV. All Hell yeah, right. I can't wait for that one. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I'm super stoked. I I find myself saying this all the time because I'm trying to be more uh, 
positive and authentic. It truly was dream job shit. Like, uh, like scared nice. to talk about how much I like it because if it doesn't <laughs> keep going, it's like one of the, I'm like afraid to jinx it now, even though it, it's allegedly coming out in one month. Like, I, I say allegedly because like you know mergers and shit. I'm so scared. I'm so afraid to jinx. I'm so afraid to be happy, which is like something I should be talking about in a different Zoom meeting, not the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but my, when my with Barry next week, I should bring this up. <laughs> this is not Miles' problem at all. <laughs> well, fingers crossed, my man. <laughs> all right. Thanks, bud. I appreciate it. Bye, shitheads. Hey, now that the episode is over, time to get a little serious. While Americans overwhelmingly support the right of an individual to make their own decisions about abortion, unfortunately, that right is no longer protected everywhere in the U.S. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on June 24th. Whack. Abortion is a basic health care need for millions of people who can become pregnant. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, access to safe medical procedures shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. So you can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donationsforabortion.com. That's the number four. If you or someone you know needs help, or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, Shout Your Abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to take a stand against abortion restrictions. Three, Abortion.Cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, PlanCPills.org provide an early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, Choice.CRD.CO has a collection of these resources and more. I encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. I think what this all fundamentally comes down to is let's just mind our own fucking business, okay? If somebody wants to do something to their body, uh, let them. <laughs> That's it. It's their body. We don't get to choose that for them. That's called freedom, remember? Okay. This has been John Gabris, host of High and Mighty, saying thanks for listening to the episode. And come on, speak up, take care, and spread the word. Love you, shitheads. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>